It doesn't matter if you love crafts, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Two and a half furlongs to go in the Long Acres Mile. And it's five star general who shrugs off a man's man. Il Bellator is on the outside, third, Armaduro's at fourth, then it's top executive, Slews Tiz Wiz is on the grandstand side with a lot of work to do. They run down to the final furlong, and it's five star, general on top by three. Il Bellator's in second, Slews Tiz Wiz down the center of the course, but with a 16th to go, it's five star, general, with Joe Bravo aboard, taking the Long Acres mile. The 2023 88th running of the Long Acres Mile. History from last weekend at Emerald Downs. And another great mile day in Washington State history. As we'll talk much about that race on today's Horse Racing Northwest. Thanks for joining us, Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and Bill Downs here for this edition of our podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Dana Halverson's going to be one of our guests today. He is going to be the guest. He is the president of the WTBOA. And that sale is coming up Tuesday, Tuesday, August 22nd at 1 p.m. at the WTBOA Sales Pavilion. So the one big horse sale for Washington this year coming up next Tuesday, the 22nd. Of course, an off day at Emerald Downs. Okay, and uh, guys... Bill, I don't know. We got T-Rexes this weekend. Are you ready for that? I guess so. I guess <laughs> instead of just one race, we're going to have uh, eight or nine. I don't know how I'm going to call them because I don't get any names, but we'll figure something out. You know, there's going to be a bunch of T-Rex races, and there's going to be a championship. We're going to crown the overall T-Rex uh, championship dinosaur, brontosaurus, whatever, on Sunday at Emerald Downs. There's going to be a kid's race. If you have a T-Rex costume or know anybody that does, you're going to get in for free on Sunday. Sunday, August 20th at Emerald Downs. First race, 2 p.m. So T-Rexes, yeah, there's going to be some heats, and we're going to get a winner from each heat, and we're going to have a championship race as well. As uh, T-Rexes got pretty popular worldwide a few years ago and have sort of stayed that way. And another edition this weekend at Emerald Downs. Also, the Quarter Horse Championships. Uh, Vince Brune, you uh, have worked on the morning line, I think, for Sunday already. Yep, a couple uh, pretty interesting races. The uh, $40,000 Bank of America Emerald Downs Championship Challenge goes as race two on Sunday. And we got full field of 10 in there, including a Polinaria Prize who was extremely impressive in uh, in the trials three weeks ago and uh, CM Boom Chakalaka and uh, other familiar faces. So that'll be an interesting race. John Deere Juvenile Challenge also with 10 goes as race one. Okay, yeah, we're going to start right off with quarter horses on Sunday. 
The two-year-old race is first, and then the Bank of America Challenge Championship is race number two, and then nine thoroughbred races and a few T-Rex races on Sunday at Emerald Downs. Backing it up, Friday night, uh, Fab Friday, first race, 7 p.m., got the $1,000 horseshoe toss. Just a couple more Fridays, uh, Friday nights at Emerald Downs of live racing. Uh, Saturday, first race at 5 p.m., it's ladies' night this Saturday, so all gals get in free, and there's going to be some uh, beverage specials and food specials and also some giveaways for the ladies as well like the previous ladies night so ladies night saturday first race at 5 p.m sunday uh, a tradition continues the memorial walk starts at 11:30 a.m at the quarter shoot that's been organized by our chaplaincy and jill hallen the last several years and uh, it's just a walk from the quarter shoot down to the winner's circle and some names uh, will be remembered for sure. Some of the people from the industry that have passed over this year and previous years. The Memorial Walk this Sunday, 1130. And of course, you need to be a licensed uh, person to walk in that route uh, from the quarter shoot to the winner's circle. So uh, Jill has done a great job in, in keeping that uh, going and those memories alive. Uh, so that is Sunday as well. Uh, gentlemen, we had mild day on Sunday and uh, five star general was uh, really, really good. Uh, yeah, he, he made it look easy, Joe. Um, looked like a winner to me all the way around and uh, he went off the slight two to one favorite in there and he stalked a man's man into the far turn and then that stride around the turn was just absolutely beautiful to watch, yeah. even though I... I picked against him with Sluice Tiz Wes, who got up for third and ran fine, but was never really a factor. But uh, great job uh, by uh, Grant Forster, Joe Bravo, and the whole team there. That is a, a horse that is really in great form. Bravo gave him a, just a perfect ride. We were a little concerned that he could float it out a little bit around the first turn. He, you know, he was he was in the three path, but he never had the check or anything along those lines. He kept him in rhythm. Um, Bravo. Uh, you know, just did everything right on him. It's always nice when you got the best horse. And uh, it was really over at the 316th ball. I mean, mm -hmm. Sluice Wiz was so far back. Um, you know, El Bellator ran okay. Um, but uh, I talked to, uh, I, I texted uh, Grant after the uh, after the race, and he, they are looking at a, a race at Churchill Downs in late September, an allowance race that he's eligible for. So that might be the spot yeah. if that race goes. I guess you never know until until it's entry time, but uh, that's uh, something that uh, you know. And their allowance races are are almost as much as our our big race, so it's uh, not a, a big money drop by any means for him. And uh, that would be great because if he wins that race, then uh, he can go on to some huge things. Because I, you know, he got a what was it a ninety ninety seven? Yeah, and he he uh, you know they found what the horse is really good at doing, and Grant is really good at the horse. Obviously, handles shipping just fine and takes his game wherever they ship him. But he's those hundred hundred and fifty thousand dollar mile races on dirt. That's his wheelhouse, and yeah. he's really really good at it. And yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about the race he ran that way. And Il Bellatori mentioned that was a, a nice effort. That's a really good horse. Yeah, probably a little better on turf. 
but he's such a good horse that he was able to get a pretty solid second there. And I would think that, you know, he's won at Keeneland, granted the race he won at Keeneland, he set a very, very soft early pace, but, you know, the they usually have the, what is it, the, I always forget my uh, my Keeneland stakes races for older horses, but there's always a race for older horses sure. right at the end of the meet. So that might be something that, you know, he would be looking at as well. I mean, I'm, I'm just pure speculating on I, that. I'd, I'd love to see him back here next year. Well, yeah, well that, that came up the yeah. next morning. I saw Grant and uh, he said, boy, we'd love to come back next year. Yeah. For a horse that has never been better at age seven with the, the style it's working and it's it just all come together the last uh, nine months or so since he left here. And wow, five-star general. Just a length and a half best, but it was a dominant victory. And yeah, that buyer figure came back pretty strong because our track was really yielding some slow times early yeah. in the day, slow fractions, slow finishing times. And then he comes on, that finishing time of his was uh, quite strong yeah. for the day. Usually a 134 and change is what it takes to win the Long Acres Mile. And But like you said, Joe, that track was not producing really fast times throughout the day. So that was a real legit 134.73 that he put up. Yeah, the previous two stakes, the uh, the Oaks and the Muckleshoot Derby, those winners came from well out of it. Tis a Macho Girl was, you know, fairly close. She was in a stalking mode, but uh, boy, either way, on or off, Five Star General was the best horse. And of course, with a man's man going out from his inside post to set the pace, uh, Joe Bravo, again, made all the right moves in his first and only ride in Emerald Downs history. He was out the gate within, uh, I would say less than 10 minutes of leaving the winner's circle. He went into the jocks room, got his stuff. He had to make a plane. I understand he made the plane yeah. too. So five-star general for Ken L. Haddiff of the El Teus Stable. Of course, uh, Ken's grandfather, Joe Gottstein, be started the mile. Uh, that was his concept. First race was 1935. He won it with those silks, did Gottstein in the 60s twice. And Ken L. Haddiff using those same chartreuse silks with five-star general. And Grant Forster, two mile wins. And his first... Uh, the first horse started here since 2006. Yeah, and Team Forster was out in force yeah. all weekend, and they had a blast, which is what racing is all about. And uh, he's a popular guy, and he's got himself a nice horse there. And uh, Ken Alhadif, you mentioned, I understand he watched the race over from Hawaii. His older brother, Michael, was in the winner's circle. And, uh, of course, you interviewed him briefly down there. Yeah, yeah Michael was proud of his brother and happy to have the family represented in uh, the Long Acres Mile Winter Circle, the tradition of the race, 88 years, and five-star general. Much the best on Sunday. Uh, some of those other stakes, guys, uh, I don't know if you have too many comments. Tis a Macho Girl is just a, just a good horse. She won our Derby in big upset fashion last year, traveled uh, to some other states, and she is back and beat Blazing Bella Blue on the square on Sunday. I think she wants to route on dirt is 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 her wheelhouse, as we're finding out. And Stephen Lethahard, winning owners there. Yep, they got themselves a nice horse. Uh, the one that was a little bit of a surprise on Sunday, uh, Jamie's Inheritance in the Oaks. Boy, she really started picking up her feet around the three-ace pole. And if, if you had a bet on her, you knew you were pretty live. What did she go off at? 18 to 1, I think. 23. 23. 23 to 1. And the yeah. trifecta came back huge. Uh, but that was a, a, the horse had run okay at the meet. So obviously she wanted more ground. Yeah. 
and now that pace was just uh, so fast. Too fast. Yeah. Way too fast. Yeah, Aloha Breeze just, uh, what was it? It was 22.245 and 1 on a day when the track was playing slow. And we're going a mile and a 16th, so. Yeah, well, and you're, with you're pressure, going a mile, too. You get that extra 16th as opposed to the mile, yeah, and uh, yeah. that, those fractions were were legit enough. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, definitely uh, benefited from the pace, but uh, took advantage of the situation and uh, pulled off the upset in Jamie's inheritance. The other one, of course, Prince Abu Dhabi, who's a really nice horse. Yeah, for that was Kim that, Ross's. There was an inquiry on that one, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, DeChambeau got put in a little tight there. And, uh, you know, DeChambeau, give him credit. He ran, he followed up that uh, that big performance in an allowance win and uh, proved it wasn't a fluke. I didn't think it was. And, you know, Prince Abu Dhabi has got some quality about him. So that was a, a really strong performance from DeChambeau. Uh, Prince Abu Dhabi kind of was shifting ground there, kind of went from like the four paths to the two. Some and, contact was made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so... You know, the stewards looked at it, but uh, they, they let the results stand. I didn't feel like he should have come down myself. I mean, there was a bump. It wasn't a slam. It was a bump. And then, you know, there was... There was I, I agree with you, Joe. Tight. The only The only area we get in trouble there is, and we all know it, is we're never sure from day to day oh, what, that, what is going to constitute definitely. a stronger bump or, you know, and that's where people begin to shake their heads. I, I, I agree with you, Joe. If you have to think about it too much, you might want to just let it stand up. And that there was definitely was something there, but I agree with you. I didn't think it was enough. Yeah, I didn't. You know, it's close, of course. A lot of them are very close. That's why they're inquiries. And Hey, how about, uh, Bill, how about Vince's morning line in the mile? Yeah, how about it? Came out. Uh, Pretty good. Nine to five and two to one. And then, uh, you know, you had a little gap there. Uh, and you did have Slews Tiz Wiz nine to five, but he's two to one. Five star general right on the money at two to one. And Il Bellator, you had him at I think six. Six to one. Yeah, he was third choice, but you had yeah. him right down the line. Yeah, and Bill Bill helped out a bit on that. And you know, actually during the most of the betting cycle, I was watching it and, and five star general was favored right off the bell. It was eight to five to five to two. During the most of the time, one time it did go up to three, but the late precincts were coming in on Slews Tizwiz. Uh, but he was 2.4, and I think Five Star General was exactly 2.0. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, you know, I, I picked top executive. I was looking for him to run the absolute race of his life against, you know, maybe some 2023 uh, results because he fit last year, and you guys had him at 15 to 1. And so I thought, yeah, I'm going to bet that horse at 15 to 1. What did he go off at? 15 to 1. Nice yep. work there, too. And he didn't, you know, he wasn't a big factor in the race at all. He was mid-pack to behind. Yeah, and I, I was wrong. I like Slews Tiz Wiz a lot. And um, he, he never really looked like a winner. You know, that outside post probably didn't help. He lost a little ground around the first turn. But he just had too much work to do against a really good horse who was getting a, a lovely trip. And uh, I look for Slews to his whiz. He's a good horse, you know, and he's he'll be he'll be back. The only Washington bred in the race. He's got the Washington Cup to look forward to. Uh, as to uh, that was the only Washington bred winner of the four stakes races on Sunday. And Carlos Montalvo picked up another stake. He's tied for leading stake rider here with uh, yeah. Three. As a matter of fact, we can go over the weekly honors yeah, since you that. mentioned Montalvo. Uh, 
He last week he was their Val Pack Jockey of the Week. He was seven for sixteen for the week. He had riding triples on Friday and Saturday, and then the Emerald Distaff on Tiza Macho Girls. So he's a good rider, and he's filled filled fit in beautifully around here this year. And, and you know, just on Montalvo, he showed some heart on Friday night. Alex Anaya was involved in that spill and right. went to the hospital, and he stayed with them the whole time until Alex was released about three a.m. That's so ter terrific that to was, hear. Yeah, some yeah, good karma. Then he picked up a couple of, of Alex's mounts the next day and won with them too. So. Yeah, that's that's always a uh, you know, and Alex was okay. And then yeah. then he came off a of Jintong. Yeah. On Sunday, the horse is okay and the rider's okay because the horse is back in this weekend, Jintong. And, and Anaya was out uh, getting on horses this morning. Very good. And then our trainer of the week, Charles Essex. Uh, we mentioned uh, the Washington Oaks. He had Jamie's inheritance yep. there. And then Blazing Bella Blue, she didn't win, but another professional run from her. A good, strong second in the Emerald Distaff. Our owner of the week, Rema Racing. He had, that's Howard Hammer, of course. He had a win with Danielle's Secret. He also had a second and a man's man, finished fifth in the Long Acres Miles. So Howard Hammer, very strong, 103-year-old man, Joe. Yep, 103-year-old. I know there was a big uh, logging um, convention uh, event this week in the state, and I'm sure his name came up there because he's one of the most well-respected loggers. You bet, and still robust. And then our Washington bread. How about on Friday night, we gave it to Betty Loot, Horsehaven Creek Farm, the breeder. They won the first and the third uh, with Loot, Sea Gypsy, and Betty Loot, both uh, by Loot's gift, both two-year-old Philly first-time starters winning. So that was pretty Rosie cool. Rosie Simpkins won yeah. Two, yeah. two firsters. Yeah, the first one was really impressive. It came yeah. from the yeah. back and just and won under wraps. Hasta a horse who's going to probably win next time out. Who ran a winning race and yeah that was a very nice performance yeah well, well so done great job by rosie simpkins yeah. and then our quarter shoot cafe groom of the week uh ricardo rendon he works for charles essex he grooms jamie's inheritance so he's our groom of the week excellent and the handle on sunday was just over three million we had one more race uh this year than we did in 2022 which the handle was 3.2 but it was still the fourth biggest handle uh, in emerald downs history yeah they came to play yeah uh, the fans did and uh you know we had a couple shorter fields early otherwise we might have really set a record there but anytime we go over three million bill sure that's good news yeah that was uh you know like you said fourth highest in emerald downs history and you guys have been around since what 96 yep. so mm -hmm. Uh, that's uh, not something to uh, take too lightly. Yeah, the field size was great. Again, for the four stakes, a little over nine horses per race on average and shippers. And so it uh, it came together pretty well. The all stakes pick four fell a little short of it last year's payoff. I think it was $165. <laughs> yeah. And the tough one in there was Jamie's inheritance, of course. Yeah, not 67000 this year. Yeah. Okay, well, Mile Day produced a lot of great racing highlights, and we'll have some factors on our year-end honors. Uh, five weeks to go at Emerald Downs for the 2023 meeting, just five weekends, including this weekend. So we'll be with you every week here on Horse Racing Northwest, and we'll be talking a little bit more about year-end honors on today's show, but we'll take a short time out and come back with Dana Halverson of the WTBOA. It doesn't matter if you love crafts, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. 
It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. They pass the quarter pole and turn for home and Market Street on the outside challenging as Yo-Yo Candy is rallying. Dickens along the inside. They're a furlong from the finish. Gold Sweep still has plenty of work to do, but he's starting to make up ground alongside Triple Trey. 16th pole. Yo-Yo Candy with a two and a half length lead. And Yo-Yo Candy has won the Sanford. Yo-Yo Candy won the recent Sanford Stakes at Saratoga for two-year-olds, a son of Danzig Candy. And he has a full brother in this coming Tuesday's WTBOA sale. That is a highlight right there. And let's bring on the president of the Washington Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners Association, Dana Halverson. Dana, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you, Joe. Nice to be here. Yeah, you bet. Another WTBOA sale Tuesday at 1 p.m. at the Pavilion. And uh, it's free to attend. I always want to get that out. Plus, catalogs are complimentary as well. Plenty of room in the sales pavilion and uh, auxiliary areas. So uh, let's have a good sale. And I know you're excited about it. Oh, very much so. I mean, it's uh, you know it's a hectic time for the people that are selling and breeding these horses and and also even the people that are going to be here to to ideally buy some of them it's a it's a very exciting time uh we've got another really nice group of horses and it's nice to know that it's not going to be 95 or 100 by next week so we're yeah. we're looking forward to around the 79 80 range and it's supposed to be uh, just about perfect for for one of our sales yeah and you know starting off we just played the audio of yo-yo candy who is two for three with a second. He is by Danzing Candy and out of Yolanda B2. How'd you get his uh, full brother in your sale this year? Well, <laughs> sometimes things work out for the best. Yeah. Uh, he's he's uh, out of a mare that made 340000 was a stakes winner. And and so that, that was good to start with. But, uh, you know, Danzing Candy has just in a second crop there. And, and this was by far his best horse so far. So, you know, that popped up real quick, and all of a sudden you've got a, a dam that's thrown a, a, a grade two winner at, at Saratoga. So it's it's very, you know, and then some people tried to hustle him out of our sale and stuff, but they said they're going to come here for sure. So uh, we're really happy to have that happen, and uh, uh, and he's going to be, you know, uh, obviously in, in great demand. So uh, looking forward to seeing him. You know, just a ton of highlights for this year's sale, Vince. Yeah, Dana, watching Delmar last week, there was one of the sales toppers out of the 2022 sale, of course, called Impeach-A-Lot by Sir Prince-A-Lot right. out of Impeached, and it debuted on the turf and was an easy winner of an $84,000 maiden special down at Delmar. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah, I think that the uh, this, the fact that it was an $84,000 purse was kind of almost the same as as that horse selling for 85,000. He was our sales topper last year and and you can see why. I mean, he was a nice horse and now we've got they they've also got a, a half brother to him by Outwork who's an Uncle Mo horse and and Uncle Mo's uh, some of his uh, offspring have started started a little slow at the stud but all of a sudden Outwork is is starting to get a lot of runners. So, uh it's a nice one to have. Unfortunately, uh Mary Lou Griffin who had 
has this horse uh, lost the mare a couple of years ago, so uh, sometimes that's the way it works. But she's got uh, another colt out of him, and uh, of course he's also a half. This is a half sibling to uh, Slack Tide, who was a, right. yeah. a stakes winner here as well. So uh, if those of you who saw that race that Impeachalot ran in uh, was very impressive, winning easily by five lengths or so, and uh, if that doesn't bring people out. <laughs> to come to our sale, I don't know what what, what will. Yeah, we've got just uh, some great breeders in this state. Uh, you know, Mary and Mary Lou and Terry Griffin of Griffin Place, and Debbie and Rick Pabst of Pabst Blue Ribbon, and Nina and Ron Hagen of El Dorado. They they all uh, really kind of stand at the top uh, year to year, and the Griffins really had an outstanding sale last year, and and several of their mares are represented this year, Dana. Yeah, absolutely. They they really had a almost half the sale last year as far as earnings, and uh, and they do a wonderful job, and they're great people, and uh, you know I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some of their horses as well. So it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, the Paps are great. I mean, they've had they've come to the top uh, of our organization and over the last multiple years, and uh, El Dorado, of course, we were at the uh, the preview they had on Monday, and they've got some very well turned out horses uh they always bring a good horse in there and uh and we've got a lot of uh sires here a couple first year sires that yeah. are very exciting too uh debbie pabst uh, has a conveyance and that the first uh first falls uh in washington for him and unfortunately he passed away this year but uh he does have 12 foals in there and and conveyance is a very nice looking horse he's got some uh uh Got some good foals. Uh, got a half to Cobra Jet. Got a uh, uh, a half to Freightline, who's uh, who won the lats. Uh, and you know we're looking forward to seeing those. And also Barkley, uh, our Long Acres Mile winner a while back, uh, has has five foals in there. This is his first crop. Uh, got a half to Zippin Seven, who's a stakes winner. He's got a Melba Jewel foal uh, in there, who's a stakes winner and multiple stakes producer. And uh, also has a there's a half to uh, Dutton uh, champion Dutton in there too. So and that's uh, the only one I think that doesn't have the big white face like Barkley had. He, no, that's that's what's funny about it. But yeah, but he does throw a lot of flash, and so uh, I think people will enjoy seeing his foals. Hey, Barkley is by Munnings, who just keeps getting better with age. Munnings, I believe he started at ten or twelve five, and you know yeah. went up to twenty five pretty quickly. But he kind of hung there for a while until his sons and daughters started winning on dirt and turf and long and short, yeah. and uh, now he's up to a hundred thousand or yeah, so. And you know, Dana, you know well that uh, the Munnings have done well at Emerald Downs, including I think Doctor Orr, who you work closely with, Munnings tail a couple wins here, right? Yeah, we've had two in a row with her now, and she had a little issue earlier in her her career and now she's kind of finding her way you know and uh, what sometimes it's hard to get a distance of ground uh, at emerald downs but uh, you know once she got two turns she's she's got speed and she uh, she likes to be in the front hence <laughs> so uh, we're looking forward to continually running with her and uh, that mare's got a really nice family and she's uh, she's got a really nice collected colt uh, that i have in the sale uh, that's owned by uh, charlie clark and now and and He's a really nice looking horse. We sold him as a weanling back there, and I got him for Charlie. and And uh, I think I think he'll uh, he'll come to the sale looking really good. 
it's a it's a very strong family. He's got a couple grade two winners in New York and the second dam, and uh, it's it's exciting to see that kind of that kind of uh, pedigree kind of coming to fruition. Uh, that mare, you know, she was a maiden allowance winner at Golden Gate as well. So, uh, you know, these are things that are you know you're looking for the the future in a lot of these mares and 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 if they're getting horses that look like they can be good racehorses, you're really looking forward to the the next one. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. The next one. And the next one is this coming Tuesday at Emerald Downs, uh, actually at the WTBOA offices, their pavilion right there. Uh, And that starts at 1 p.m. on Tuesday, the 22nd. All the yearlings for sale. Uh, There is a half-brother to last year's mile champion, this year's third place in the mile, Slew's Tiz Wiz. There's uh, hip Number five is by Smiling right. Tiger out of Ross's right. girl. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say there's there's uh, five Smiling Tigers in there. There's seven in the last uh, group of Harbor the Gold, uh, as well as some of these others. Race to Secrets got three. He's shown some runners now. And, uh, yes, he and has. Then we have others that are popped popped up there that are, uh, uh, you know, Dynamic Impact had, had, a, had a really nice stakes horse, and she's got a – or he's got a half uh, – a filly by flying uh, out of flying memo who's a half to four stakes winners and two stakes placed horses so and then when you add in some of the kentucky sires like taperture and higher power who's got a four hundred eighty nine thousand dollars stakes winner in his family uh gormley uh got a nice little filly uh brody's cause dialed in who's a good horse florida derby winner and took to marcus who has a private out of private fortune who's a half to two stakes horses. Uh, we've got, you know, a lot of things to, to look at. And uh, we also have, as you might notice, a half to Gold Rush Dancer by Warrior's Reward. So mm. uh, those are pretty nice nice things to have in a sale. And I think there's going to be a lot to look at. Uh, we're very excited about this at this time of the year. And for those of us who are selling all these things, we're looking forward to getting it over with <laughs> yeah. so we can rest a little bit but but other than that uh it's it's very exciting and uh it's it's a nerve-wracking wreck for people that are selling horses there and, and a lot of fun for people that are looking to buy so yeah yeah uh, well, it's a one o'clock start on on tuesday uh and and we have the best auctioneers in the world here so uh we're looking forward to seeing everybody out and uh, come come by and see us Definitely. And also the end of the, of an era, so to speak, Dana, with uh, the last yearlings by Harbor the Gold, who's had so many Emerald Downs and Washington champions. He has just one colt in the sale and uh, several fillies, however, by Harbor the Gold. Yeah. There's just one yes. colt uh, that is coming from the El Dorado consignment. Uh, yeah, that is hip number eight. Yeah, and I eight. saw that. I saw that cold. I know Joe, you were out there too at uh, El Dorado on Monday, and and he's a nice horse. Uh, you know, very very nice horse. And uh, so at least he got one colt to look at by Carver the Gold. But you know, he's been one of the one of the best sorries we've ever had in this in the Northwest. So sure. uh, you know, we're look, I'm looking forward to those. He gets good looking foals, and they run. You know, they go short and they go long. So. Uh, you know, it, it, it's worth taking a look at those as well as the, the Christoffersons who uh, have done a terrific job with that horse, and they have some new ones coming up. Uh, it's it's exciting for our whole area. You bet. And you had that 
nervous laugh just a minute or two ago about, uh, you know, the work's been done, the pressure's on, you want to get some money for your horses. We recapped uh, the Attaboy Roy story last Saturday as Attaboy Roy inducted into the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame and uh, Val Lund and owner Roy Schaefer were convinced they would have to go to $30,000 to get him. And they were willing to do that. And uh, he just was a little unruly with the lip chain on and uh, didn't settle down. And the bids just didn't come in. And they got him for what, uh, $4,700? Forty-five, forty-five hundred dollars, out of Boy Roy, and uh, yeah. Well, I I can already remember that, but it's <laughs> there's there's there, unfortunately for some of us, we've had some of those horses that do well do well like that, and others that bring a lot of money and and don't run much. But uh, <laughs> you're hoping for the best for all of these. Uh, sometimes you wish wish when horses like Out of Boy Roy, who, who sells kind of inexpensively, uh, you wish you could get money back from him afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> But he goes to the track. Yeah. Well, uh, Roy Schaefer and Val Lund certainly did. That's for sure. From that son of Tribunal out of Irish Toast, a great Washington bread. boy, Roy. More great Washington breads on the horizon at the WTBOA sale this coming Tuesday at the WTBOA Pavilion. One o'clock start. Dana, uh, yeah, just a lot to look forward to on Tuesday. Uh, thanks for hitting the highlights with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Come on out and see us. Yep, we'll be there. Thanks, Dana. Okay, you're welcome. Dana Halverson, president of the WTBOA, joining us. And this week's Where Are They Now? So Lucky was sold at the 2015 WTBA sale, WTBOA, for 17000 Son of Coast Guard. Multiple stakes winner yeah. in 2016. Had a real long career here, too. And even even later on, was still at the higher claiming levels. $17,000, son of Coast Guard. Freightline, $17,000. Uh, son of, course, of Coast Guard. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Joe, you're part of Freightline. You guys looking at the Washington Cup? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, that is, what, a week from Sunday? Mm -hmm. Be three weeks from his last race. So, yeah, he's a WTBOA graduate. From the El Dorado consignment, and yeah, going Boy, great. I, I like him a lot. He's He's got a little bit of speed, and he's a trier. I he's mean, a trier, and he hasn't been his worst enemy at all. You know, he's been doing things right. So, yeah, that was uh, last year's. And as Dana said, there's a, uh, um, out of Night Raider, Freightlines Dam, there is a conveyance Night Raider in the sale this year. Night Raider has, has uh, that's uh, Holly Sturgeon's mare, yep. I think, and that's thrown some. A lot of runners here. Yeah, and she was a multiple stakes winner herself. Okay, we'll take a time out, and we'll come back with our final category. We're going to talk a little bit about Emerald Downs this year. Fancy that. We got our sports shorts. We got our selections. I wonder what Bill's going to talk trivia. about. Bill has been consistent, and but he's got a lot of followers on that topic. As we will be right back. We're, here. Not, we're not following a loser. On Horse Racing Northwest. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. 
Horse Racing Northwest continues. Thanks for joining us again. Racing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday night at 7. Saturday at 5. Ladies night. And Sunday, 2 p.m. The Quarter Horse Championship races are the first and second on the card. Then nine thoroughbred races. And some T-Rex action. T-Rex World Championship on Sunday at Emerald Downs. If you wear your costume, you'll get in for free. And there's going to be a lot of that on Sunday at Emerald Downs. Okay. Well, uh, jockey trainer races. Uh, the jockey's race has been pretty close all year. Luis Negron uh, led for, he must have led for 10 weeks in a row, something like that, Vince. Yep, but currently it's, uh, I believe, 51 to 47 for Alex Cruz, who's closing in on title number four in a row here, although he's not home yet. And nope. uh, I tell you, Justin Evans has a lot of horses entered this weekend at Emerald Downs, many of them, of course, with Luis Negron riding. So we shall see. Yeah, and uh, nobody ever won four straight titles in Long Acres history or Emerald Downs history or in the main meet at Yakima. And we've been assured at Playfair as well. So Alex Cruz looking for an unprecedented fourth consecutive victory in this state at a major meet. And he's been going well. Uh, pretty much all season, but especially later. And leading trainer Justin Evans has had a big v lead for uh, probably since week number two or so. Yeah, uh, he's got, a, I believe, 36-24 lead over both, both uh, defending titleist uh, George Rosales and multiple titleist Blaine Wright having another solid meet. And uh, Justin's pretty pretty safe, Bill. Yeah, you know, it's not like he's not going to get anything the rest of the way. Like, he's got some new horses uh, coming yes, in. He, he got reinforcements, if you will. And uh, so I don't think uh, the uh, the goose egg uh, will, will, will be a third consecutive weekend. He did have a win last Sunday, but there was a, a DQ. So uh, he stays at 36. Yeah, 36 for the last couple of weeks. But as you mentioned, Blaine Wright, George Rosales at 24 each. And... Uh, Justin Evans' ownership group is on top. That's gotten real close as well with uh, Gabriel and John Parker. Luciano Medina, Gabriel, what a great year he's having yeah. because not only is he winning a lot of races at a high percentage, he owns them. So he's got 12 wins as an owner, and uh, Justin leads with 13. And then uh, John Parker, number two all-time now at Emerald Downs, uh, in the hunt with 10, yeah. including uh, Dirt Road Red, who will make his parker That's debut right. this weekend in a real nice feature race dirt road red five wins at the meeting two more than any other horse and in stakes competition uh kevin radke and carlos montalvo both have three stakes wins uh just ahead of several with two and montalvo only has uh seven stakes mounts uh, according to my calculations. Yeah, two with Aloha Breeze and then the one with uh, Tizamacho Girl. He's a, just a good rider. Yeah. He, he gets the job done. And uh, you mentioned uh, Kevin having a good meet. The trainer's ranks, uh, Tom Wenzel picked up another one with Tizamacho Girl. He's with five. Yep, five wins for Wenzel, uh, three for Blaine Wright, who's won the stakes leading trainer battle five of the last six years. David Martinez has an excellent percentage, two out of four in stakes, the Philly appeal factor. Yeah, I want to mention with Blaine Wright, 
um, he's done this before where he's sweeping the three-year-old Colts and Geldings division here, but with different horses. So Clovis Connection won the first two. Then he brings in Prince Abu Dhabi. Meanwhile, Clovis Connection goes down to Santa Rosa. And That's what the, I was going to bring up. Yeah, the Robert Dupree Derby, $75,000 stakes race on grass uh, went wire to wire. So Blaine moving the troops around and... That's, that's four stakes wins with three-year-olds uh, in the last couple of months between uh, Prince Abu Dhabi and Clovis Connection. Yeah. And a few years ago, Bill, he he won five older filly or mare stakes. He swept it. With five different horses. Hard to do. And one of them was an overnight stake, but it was... Yeah, uh, Fly Far Away completed the sweep yeah. in the Washington Cup. That's right. Yeah. That, that was pretty tremendous, five different And horses. you know, the, one of the ones that won that top quality yep. one, uh, a progeny of hers uh, trained by Bob Baffert just debuted with a maiden stakes, I mean, a maiden special win. Really? Hers called Pastor T won a maiden special weight for Baffert out of top quality last Saturday at Del Mar. Yeah, she was really well-bred, Philly herself. Really well-bred, yeah. So uh, that horse is... Dave uh, Mowat. Yeah. Okay, uh, and Charles Essex in stakes. Uh, he's got six starters, two wins, two seconds, and two-thirds. So he's right in there Very as well. Very solid, Look, yeah. It's super, super stake season. Okay, among top two-year-olds, uh, Freightline and Whiskey Harbor have taken the stakes. Uh, Freightline outran Whiskey Harbor in the Lads. And they could meet again in the Gottstein Whiskey Harbor, of course, an Oregon bred. And there's still, uh, well, there's several two-year-olds in action this weekend, too. So uh, the two-year-olds can come in late. Appeal factor is right, right out front and center among fillies. Owned by owned and bred by Jack Hodge. I asked him, and he said, well, she's not eligible for the walk-up, but he said they didn't think they would try uh, the Gottstein going a route. So... The options were either to maybe uh, wait till next year and with David Martinez here. And of course, Jack occasionally races elsewhere with yeah. uh, Michael Stidham. And there was a possibility you could ship her to him. Selfishly, I would hope to see her again here next year. Again, that, that her, her race in the last season is really impressive because she wanted to go early. And she just overpowered that field, as you called very nicely, Bill. And uh, she got a little tired late, but no one made any impact on her. Right, but when you make middle moves into into the teeth of hot paces, yeah. you, you're going to get a little leg weary in sure. the stretch. And right. that was uh, that to me was what uh, really impressed me. And then, of course, her debut win, which was a uh, stakes victory, she got absolutely clobbered. Yeah, eight strides out of the gate, and her hind end went a different angle than where the head was at. And uh, she still won that race. Yeah. Uh, she is, uh, she is as talented as of a Philly that I've two year affiliate in my couple years here. And I would say she ranks up there. She is really good. She, she, is. she is no joke. And, and Dave Martinez, you know, we don't talk about him a lot. He's an underrated trainer here. I know his numbers haven't been that great the last few years, but he is really good with those young horses and getting them ready. Yep. So and it's nice to see him back with a good horse like that. Uh, appeal factor by The Factor out of Karula, who was a debut winner of the Angie C herself. And then she did go back east, and uh, she had a little bit of a physical issue there. That's right, yeah. and Because uh, there were some big offers for her after her spectacular uh, career debut. Okay, Clovis Connection, yeah, two for two. And... Uh, just a big stakes win in California. He's on top of the three-year-old division. Three-year-old Phillies, Aloha Breeze has done so much. Just went too fast there in the Oaks on Sunday and faded out of the money off a really fast pace. Jamie's inheritance 
I had been, what, third, maybe twice to Aloha Breeze. She had the big win in the Oaks. Owned by Richard Rennie, so congratulations to him. He's trained here before. Yes. And uh, top sprinter, well, bridle up to the bar, won a stake over Sluice Tiz Wiz, then Sluice Tiz Wiz beat bridle up to the bar. And then Dirt Road Red, um, if he runs... Uh, <laughs> A cup. He's got four sprint wins already, and mm -hmm. he's in this weekend. Uh, he's going to get some mentions, but uh, the stakes horses usually dominate that. He's going to get tested this weekend. Tax codes in that race, who comes mm. off just a brutal beat against Miss the Boat, where everything went wrong, and and uh, still ran a bang up second. So, if Dirt Road Red can win that race, he really is good. He's already proven he's a good horse, but Boy. yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, and now in the barn of Candy Criderman, and owned by John Parker after being claimed out of his last win. Uh, Sluice Tiz Wiz has a win, a second, and a third, all in stakes competition. Of course, needing two starts to be eligible for year-end honors at Emerald Downs. Five-star general not eligible in that category. And Phillies and Mares, Tiz Macho Girl uh, has a edge over Blazing Bella Blue after outrunning her. But Blazing Bella Blue has another stakes opportunity coming up. Yeah. She, Washington Cup. In the Washington Cup. And and if Blazing Bella Blue wins that, then that's uh, uh, probably cinches it for her. Yeah, that'd be two stakes wins for her. Okay. Uh, well, there's just a lot of racing to come here at Emerald Downs this year. And again, three days this week. Let's get going on to our next is our sports shorts and uh i'll go first i just got a couple to toss out there you know i'm just thinking nba um james harden you know he's he's just this tremendous physical force offensive force and i've seen him dominate games offensively he's pretty entertaining but he doesn't play any defense and i'm thinking do you really want to pay this guy 40 million dollars to play for you next year i'm thinking i as a GM, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't go out there and pay him forty million at this age, at his current age, and his playoff history isn't great either. He's, he's, you know, he goes silent some games. So uh, he's having his trouble with Philly right now. He's still a Philadelphia 76er, but he's not going to camp. He said, and I think he'll end up playing because he's making a lot of money. But uh, other GMs. Kind of, I'm thinking what kind of they did. Do you really want to pay this guy that much? It's not collusion. He's toward toward the latter part of his career. So there's that. And then um, I'm going to go with an NBA or an NFL over-under, team over-under total. Bill, I'm going right there to the NFC Central. I'm going with the Detroit Lions, which uh, they played really well last. They started, I think, one and six, and then they got hot. They had some close losses early. But this Jared Goff is a really, really accurate quarterback. They've got a running game, and Minnesota is not going to have the record they had last year. I'm sorry. They just don't do things like that consistently. Green Bay is, you know, looks like around a 500 team. And Chicago, less than 500 team. So Detroit Lions, nine and a half. I'm taking the over. Ten and seven wins that bet. And looked at their schedule, of course, and it's hard to predict down the line. But uh, they just got a good thing going there. I think their momentum is built. And I'm a believer in Jared Goff. So, Bill, the Lions to beat the Packers this year. 
Good for you. Okay. Bill is a Packer season ticket holder. Yes, I am. Okay, so there's a couple sports shorts from me, and Bill's next. My Seattle Mariners took three of four against the Kansas City Royals on the road, and all four games were very, very high scoring. Lowest scoring game was 10 runs, and that was today's game, where Julio Rodriguez had five hits in the go-ahead, a home run in the, in the eighth inning, a three-run blast, and then Cal Raleigh added one more in the ninth, and they held on to win uh, against the Kansas City Royals 6-4. to four. They are now 66-55, and 55, a half game back of uh, the idle Toronto Blue Jays who uh, don't play on Thursday, three and a half back against the Houston Astros. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is in Fuego, 12 of 21 in the Kansas City Royals series, 11 wow. RBIs, uh, something else. Uh, they play Houston coming up, and that's going to be a really contentious series. They go up against J.P. France, who's 9-3 and three with a 274 ERA, and then Framber Valdez, who was so dominant last year, He's doing okay this year, but uh, you know he, that's who they'll face in the second game of the series. And you know the Mariners, they're they're big guns. Two of their three big guns starters, veteran starters, Gilbert, um, will 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 start for the, uh, the second game of that series against Valdez. But uh, they'll be starting a couple of rookies and Miller and Hancock in the first and third games. So they're not going to be a favorite. Uh, all, uh, and, uh, I don't know there'll be a favorite in any of those uh, hmm. three games uh, at Houston. So they got to find a way to claw to at least get one. And then, of course, then after that, it becomes a lot of teams that are just not very good. They play up, in, up until Labor Day, the White Sox. They play the Royals again. They play the Athletics. And then they play, go to uh, New York and play the Mets. So that made mention of that 19-game stretch for the last few weeks. They're three and one. They they found a way to w- win three, which they needed to do against the lowly Royals. But uh, it is uh, something else uh, watching this team because every game it seems like it's this past week it's just been a roller coaster. And one other thing about uh, Cal Raleigh, he uh, you know he had a home run today, but uh, he had a home run uh, in the pre- previously. He is the second fastest Seattle Mariner in history to get to 50 home runs, uh, 271 hmm. games. It took him. The only guy that uh, beat him was uh, some guy named a rod who got there at 269 games. So that beats, you know, Griffey Faster junior. Griffey? Yeah. Rick Griffey junior. Didn't have a great rookie year from what Vince was 89. Saying. Yeah. He was, he was only 19 years old. He had 16 homers in his rookie year, which was good, but you know, not as fast as a rod or Raleigh and Cal Raleigh's really, Again, like last year, is finishing finishing strong. Yeah. Uh, then J.P. Crawford uh, is going to have a, probably a short little stint in the minors. He had a concussion when uh, there was a play, uh, a ground ball, and Suarez uh, kind of knocked him knocked him around uh, by accident, and uh, he stayed in the game, but he wasn't uh, feeling too too good, and then he did a concussion. Uh, which they probably should have done right away, but let's not, I'll leave that for another day. Uh, but uh, he's been out uh, this past week and it's cost him because there are a couple of plays there uh, where he normally is, is, is really, really strong defensively that they made some, made a couple uh, uh blunders, if you will. So he'll be welcome back because um, he's been the leadoff they hitter as well. 
And I think they need him. And then uh, Tom Murphy's got a thumb issue. And Murphy was uh, very, very hot for the Mariners in the last uh, month of the season. Uh, he is on the uh, on the IL as well. And uh, we'll see uh, when, when Mr. Murphy comes back. Okay. How many, how many more series do they have with Houston? They have this one. They do. They play one, one at the end, uh, the 26th, okay. 25th, 26th, and 27th. How about Texas? And they play Texas. Uh, they play Texas uh, six of, they got seven games of the final 10 are against the Rangers. So that's what I'm saying. Wow. I, I remember I was saying with the Mariners, they've got to be in a playoff spot Labor Day because huh. the, 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 the records against the other teams that they play the rest of the year, they, they play, they've got the Dodgers. They've got the Tampa Bay Rays. They got uh, Texas for seven. They've got Houston for three. They got to play the Reds, who are an interesting club as well, even though they've cooled off. So that's what I'm saying. They've got to be in a playoff spot okay. going Labor Day if they think they're going to be in the playoffs at the end. Because I, the, the, just the schedule is just so much more difficult after these uh, these 19 games I've been talking about. Well, they, they tied their season high with 11 games over 500 with the win today. And I'm just hoping, of course, my uh, uh, selfishly, I have my season bet sure. uh, over uh, 87 and a half. So uh, every win I can Looking get. Looking pretty good. Well, like I said, I've got to take advantage of this situation right now. And hopefully they, they can at least take one against, uh, against Houston. Winning the series would be just absolutely you know, dream scenario. And then after that, a lot of teams that they can beat. They'll be favoring a lot of those games. Okay, I'll go uh, there. You know, the Seattle T-Birds are right up the road here. They won the Western Hockey League and then uh, uh, lost in the Memorial Cup Finals. There's three te- three leagues in junior hockey. There's the Western Hockey League, there's the Ontario Hockey League, and then there's the Quebec Junior Major Hockey League. And the Quebec League announced this week that fighting is outlawed now. No kidding. League, the first junior league to announce that. So that will be interesting. And let me tell you, I used to go to some of those old, before they were T-Birds, they were the Breakers. And those were some Donnybrooks in the arena. In fact, I looked up the New Westminster Bruins in 1977-78. They had 10 guys over 100 minutes in penalties on their roster, including Boris Fistrick, who had... 414 minutes in penalties in one season. In his six years, three in junior and three in the International Hockey League, he had 414, 460, 199, 164, 391, and 397 minutes in penalties. Is that the highest you've ever seen? Just about. Chris Nyland, who played for the Canadians one year, I think he had 350 in the NHL, which was the highest I'd ever seen. Um, but we're going the other way, guys. It's on the verge of... Yeah. Uh, you, it's rare now to see a fight in hockey. And this is a big move by uh, the Quebec. It was met kind of controversial, but a lot of people are, are accepting it. The players are faster and quicker now, and they just don't engage in in Donnie Brooks, and you can't afford to carry one of those guys on your roster anymore. They get exposed so fast on the ice now if they're out there uh, that teams are moving away from it. And probably within five years, I think the NHL is going to follow suit. That's just my guess. That's... Less fighting in the NHL the last couple of years? Oh, yes. And uh, you still see the occasional one, but it's just uh, it's, it's, it's going away. And uh, it, it's interesting because those, those games in the old Western Hockey League were crazy. 
just the stuff you would see going on in some I remember Punch McLean of the 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 new Westminster coach throwing a garbage can onto the ice and running around and carrying on. And it was one step away from pro wrestling. I mean, it was, it was crazy. So, uh, it's, it's, some people love that. And, uh, you know, I, I can live with, without the fighting myself. Very good. Okay. That's, that's, uh, some good insight into hockey right there as you get our sports shorts on horse racing Northwest. So, some selections. Bill, uh, what do you got on Friday and or Saturday? No, no, no. We're going to Sunday. Sunday, okay. Uh, the fifth race, the maiden claiming for eight, six furlongs. There's a couple horses that uh, got uh, some miserable trips in their career debuts. They were moved up in the wagering uh, due to uh, a jockey almost causing a, a major, major incident. They're both uh, Pirate Red. And uh, Fed Grant, the two and the five. Uh, Pirate Red uh, finished a, a little bit uh, uh, higher in the uh, in the placings. Fifth, but beaten 19 length. I thought he was making a move. Uh, at, the top two got away. And the top two ran, by the way, they ran, they, they were like seven lengths clear of everyone else. So you're going to get some good prices. Pirate Red. And then Fed Grant, same thing. I thought he was going to rally a little bit. And he got taken out by the by the same incident. So they're both horses making career starts number two. They're both dropping down in claiming price. And it's a race that, uh, you know, there's no one that really stands out. You know, seventh house and night to remember have been in the money uh, in their last couple of races. Or at least night to remember has been. And seventh house had his best place since last time out. But uh, I'll take the class droppers that had major trouble that showed me a little bit before uh, the, the, the major, major trouble happened, even though they were not going to finish in the top two. And then, uh, so fed grant, the two and the five pirate red use them both in race five. You don't have to twist me and Joe's arms to get interested in second time. No, no, <laughs> no. Especially with little trouble. And as Bill mentioned, dropping class from 25,000 to eight. Okay. Uh, well, Friday night at Emerald Downs, that is the 18th, um, We've got a two-year-old race, race number three. General Crook came up from Phoenix. Uh, didn't show a lot in one of our first two-year-old races, but he did break slowly last time out and wasn't beaten all that bad. I see he's 9-2. to two. He's got blinkers on and doesn't look like the toughest 15,000. There are a couple of first-time starters in there, one by Raised a Secret and one by rallying cry out Aurorafide. I would lean toward General Crook there in the third. I see. I just snuck a look at my phone. Tig's eight to one in the fifth race. And I like Tig a little bit in there. Um, woke up last time out, has speed uh, from the number one post. Uh, goes against Bo Mischief, who's had kind of an irregular schedule. Bo Mischief does have two wins at Emerald Downs this year, a three-year-old. But I'll go TIG at eight to one there. And Saturday, I do have a selection as well. Um, Saturday, the second race, it, wherever you are, number two. This is a two-year-old race at five and a half furlongs. I didn't notice what you had wherever you are on the morning line, Vince, but this is a son of dialed in out of my heart goes on. That's a really good Washington female family. Uh, stakes winning dam, my heart goes on. Second dam, untamed my heart was good. Before that, one for you, really good family. So dialed in the sire David Martinez for the Coal Creek Farm, wherever you are in the third, a two year old race. All right, there's uh, 
couple of looks at the weekend from Bill and I. Vince doing the morning line after, yeah. Did you talk to John White at all about the morning line for the mile? No, no, no okay. but I know we had John on a course and he loved Five Star he General. Did. And he informed me by email he made a killing on that race. And then he came back, I think, I don't want to say how much he had, but then he parlayed that onto a horse at Del Mar and uh, had a great day. I think it was a Mark Glad horse that won also. That's yeah. right, yeah. Yep, nice job for John there. Okay, time for trivia on Horse Racing Northwest. Last week's question was about the mile, and it was uh, name the only horse coming out of a claiming race to win the Long Acres Mile. Not that easy to do, especially since it happened in 1960. Doctrinaire ran at Del Mar in a $20,000 claiming race. In August of 1960, he won the race, was claimed by Wilbur Stadelman of Yakima <clears throat> and the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame. Brought him up to Long Acres and won the mile. And then eight days later, actually won the Seattle Handicap as well. So Doctrinaire, the only horse to come out of a claiming race and win the Long Acres mile. I didn't get any uh, answers on that one. Okay, so new trivia. Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Carlos Montalvo tied for the lead in jockey stakes wins. What's the most recent time a new Emerald Downs jockey was also the track's leading stakes jockey? When's the most recent time that has happened in Emerald Downs history? Montalvo has a chance to do it this year. Okay, trivia at emeralddowns.com. Thanks to Dana Halverson. Once again, the WTBOA sale on Tuesday, the 22nd, racing. Friday night, Saturday at 5, Sunday at 2, here at Emerald Downs. Horse Racing Northwest.